Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, DeAndre Larry, who is head of Intermodal at Uber Freight. And today we're going to talk about how shippers can successfully navigate the intermodal transportation market. So when it comes to freight transportation, certain modes tend to dominate the spotlight. Trucking, because it carries the, you know, the most freight. Uh, ocean, because it's the gateway to global trade. And parcel because it's the fastest growing mode and its connection to e-commerce. But there's another important way to transport freight that often doesn't get the spotlight it deserves, and that is intermodal. So what are some key trends in intermodal in the intermodal market? Um, why should shippers consider uh, using intermodal? And how can technology and logistics service providers help shippers incorporate intermodal into their transportation operations? Well, those are just some of the questions we're going to discuss in today's episode, and it's great to have DeAndre on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So DeAndre, welcome to the program. Adrian, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, DeAndre, I mean, this is uh, an area, the intermodal market is an area that you live and breathe in every day. Uh, it's an area that you've been involved with for a you know, big part of your, your career. Um, so obviously, you know this inside and out. So maybe as a way to kind of get started, we'll start at the high level and I mean, how would you characterize the current state of the intermodal market? I mean, what are, what are some key trends that you're seeing? You bet. Thanks, Adrian. I think if I if I go out, as you said, to a high level, you know, intermodal, as, as we define it, is the uh, combination of modes to get goods through the supply chain. And so it's most typically referred to between over-the-road truck and rail, or some combination of drayage on one end, rail in the middle, and then drayage on the other end. The trend that intermodal seeing is sort of the trend that the overall market's being seen, where it's been crazy for the last couple of years. You had, you know, two of the last three years where we didn't know if the the world as we knew it was going to continue as we knew it. Uh, we all survived it, thankfully, and and now we're coming out of it with the consumer a, a bit befuddled in terms of where to spend their money. They used to have all these options to spend it at home. Now they've got services that they can go purchase outside. And it feels like the consumer is still doing that, which is great. We all enjoy that. But what it's causing is an opportunity for goods not to be purchased as much. And so that's had a dampening effect on goods that are transported in North America. And whether it's trucking, whether it's intermodal, whether it's all these other modes uh, in that space that you mentioned, everyone's seeing a bit of a, a volume softening that you know a lot of people, and myself included, believe we're at the trough of. It might go a little lower, it might bounce around here a little bit, but I think we're sort of at uh, all things being equal and knock on wood, an area where we'll probably be range bound until we begin to see this crescendo of demand that'll be driven by the consumer. Uh, intermodal has been sort of uh, this opportunity, as I'll call it, and we'll talk about it more, but this opportunity, as I'll call it, for shippers and the marketplace to really scale up without being reliant as much on truck drivers to scale up without being reliant on diesel fuel to scale up, without being reliant on new entrants and other things in the market to build capacity to scale up. Intermodal is a operating platform that uh, Uber Freight enjoys a large uh, share in, and we have rail partners that are committed to this business. We think it's an opportunity for the market to, to scale up as the market grows uh, in the future. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I've been hearing you know similar things from from others and and, and shippers as well that that are using the, the intermodal as a you know part of their transportation operations. I mean, I think the interesting thing about intermodal is that by definition you're talking about multiple modes, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it's impacted by what's happening in the rail market, what's happening in the trucking market. Um, so it's really you know a a, a multiplication factor there, right? Because it's not just you, you know it's the combination of these things that ultimately impact how successful. Um, you know, the intermodal um, service, you know, can be depending on what's happening on the rail side of things and the trucking side of things. But there is a difference, of course. So, and I think you just touched upon it a little bit. If if I'm a shipper, then why should I consider, you know, using intermodal? I mean, what what benefit, you know, does it provide relative, you know, again, to these other modes? Yeah, you you mentioned all the things and it's very astute observations, I think. Uh, if I'm a shipper, if I'm talking to the CEO or the chief uh, sourcing officer or the head of sales at any large company, I would ask this question to my leaders throughout my organization. How are you leveraging intermodal and how have you exhausted those opportunities to make sure that we're paying um, the right cost, not just from a dollars perspective, but from a carbon perspective? I'd ask my leaders that. And then the second thing I would ask is how do you incorporate intermodal into our strategy so that we have optionality and capacity as the market scales back up. Because, you know, we've seen systems, tools, people leverage things like um, process and other things, technology to buy trucks smarter, to buy over the road freight smarter. But I think the fundamental issue that we saw over the last couple of years was optionality and capacity. And so if I'm a CEO or a senior leader at any consumer packaged goods company or automotive company or um, retail company in general, I would ask my supply chain leaders, what, what is Intermodal's opportunity for us in our organization to address not just carbon and savings, but also capacity and resilience in our supply chain as we move forward? And I think the more people that ask that question will see that they have very low penetration within Intermodal. And do I think it should be, you know, the vast majority in my wildest dreams, I hope so, but it should not be the less single digit share of the North American market that is today. Because I think that answer, the answer to that question is too important and it's an underutilized asset. And it's frankly why I'm here at Uber Freight because I believe in Intermodal. I believe that it's not just a, a, a helpful cure to, from a carbon standpoint, not just a helpful, helpful cure in terms of dollars being deployed in the most efficient way in the supply chain standpoint. But I believe it's got capacity and resilience to help us grow as a country in a fast and efficient way so that we're ready for these next step function opportunities that we know will come. Yeah, I, I love those two questions. I think that's a great way to frame the conversation you know, around intermodal. And, and absolutely, uh, optionality, I think, is something that was put in the spotlight, uh, was on the radar for a lot of C-level executives, you know, as a result, partly of, you know, COVID, uh, you know, what happened in yeah. the COVID pandemic. But, you know, we see right now with, you know, whether it's labor constraints um, or uh, regulations or other things uh, on the table uh, that, that are happening in the transportation market, you know, optionality is certainly something that um, from a risk perspective, uh, from a resilience perspective, is something that every uh, leader needs to be thinking about and, and talking about. And then you brought up, you know, I think sustainability as well. I mean, do you see um the interest and the role of intermodal growing as you know a lot of people expect to see more regulations coming into play in terms of you know having to measure carbon emissions having to track carbon emissions having to reduce carbon emissions and so forth do you see that 
driving more demand for intermodal? I do. You know, we've we've published a white paper at Uber Freight, and there's other you know readings out there, other uh, thoughts on this, but they all center around this idea that there'll be more focus in the future on carbon reduction versus less. And when you know that a rail uh, intermodal move is you know 400 miles on a gallon of fuel uh, for every ton moved you just won't get that kind of um, utility from over the road. And so it's a, you don't need regulations to use intermodal. You don't need someone to tell you it's just good businesses. To me, when you couple that with the cost savings opportunity that you get, when you couple that nextly with the amount of capacity that our rail partners across North America have aggressively gone to put on to support the intermodal business. And so, yes, to answer your question, I think it's a, it's definitely something that more um, executives and organizations that purchase transportation are aware of and trying to find a path towards. But it's it's so much more than that, too. It's it's you're less reliant on truckers having to scale up and go into a, a field that we've seen truckers struggle to attract employees into. Uh, Intermodal is a way to mitigate your risk there. Intermodal is a way to mitigate your risk on capital in terms of actual trucks you've got to go deploy. If you have metrics like, you know, number of trucks used per ton of freight moved, you know, this is a way to bring that down. And, and that's an easy way to know that, hey, I'm not requiring my supply chain and others to go out and get as many assets to support my business. Therefore, I, by definition, I'm getting a more efficient solution presented to me. I think Intermodal offers, offers all those opportunities. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great points there. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about technology now. I mean, particularly like, you know, transportation management systems, which is an, you know, an area that I've been focused on for the past, you know, 24 plus years as, a, as an industry analyst. And usually when you talk about TMS, transportation management systems, you know, overwhelmingly you're, you're thinking about, well, truckload, less than truckload. But, to, you know, I'm just kind of curious, what role does technology like TMS, you know, play in optimizing and streamlining intermodal, you know, transportation processes? It's a very important role. It's the, it's the decision matrix that things get filtered through. And I would I would argue a couple of things. If if I would, again, be talking to those CEOs and uh, chief marketing officer and chief sourcing officers, companies that have any portion of transportation out there running for their business, I would say, ask your vendors this. How does their TMS solution en encompass intermodal into it? Because if the answer is it doesn't, that's, I would argue, just, I, I can't believe that's the right answer. I believe that you at least want the optionality to what we said before for the TMS solution to filter through that. So it's sort of garbage in, garbage out. You know, I think the TMS solutions of the futures have, future have the ability to be resilient, have the ability to talk to multiple systems, to be adaptive, but it also will have intermodal inside of it as a solution that's offered up to the client. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, again, another great question to ask, because I mean, I think historically, like I said, a lot of TMS was pr primarily focused on TL, less than truckload. You know, in more recent years, they've added parcel because of the the, the growth of e-commerce. E but I think, you know, historically, intermodal rail has been kind of the weak link in, in a lot of uh, TMS solutions. So it's a, it's a good question to ask, particularly, as you said, if this is going to become a more critical mode for a lot of shippers and, um, again, to have that optionality. You know, uh, um, you know, on the table to be able to execute, optimize, and execute successfully, you're going to need technology or TMS, uh, you know, to be able to do that, uh, you know, uh, effectively and to be able to scale it 
uh, you know, and effectively as well. A similar question. I mean, a lot of a lot of shippers obviously work with logistics service pro- providers to help them with their transportation operations. So how can, you know, logistics partners like, you know, Nuber Freight, you know, help shippers incorporate intermodal into their transportation operations and successfully manage their shipments? Yeah, I think there's, we will be successful in this space all the time if we can deliver, I'll call it four core things to shippers. Uh, I think the first is capacity and, and resilience and the ability to scale that capacity. It's not just in a low market like right now where, there's plentiful capacity out there, but a platform that has tentacles across, not just over the road, which by the way, I think Uber Freight does. We've got a large band of truckers that are on our platform, not just in managing your transportation, but also in having access into as many places as possible that give you capacity as the market scales up. I think that's the first thing. You said it earlier, the the Second thing is to me, something that reduces your reliance on emitting carbon to manage your supply chain. I think the companies that can show that as a way of doing business, not as a new gadget, not as by definition intermodal, I think does that for shippers. So, you know, you're gonna show that you can scale up and add capacity. You're gonna show that you can reduce the um, commitment to carbon that you have to have to, uh, to do that. And then, I think if you have flexibility, and it's kind of a byproduct of those other two, but if you have the the agility, both from your TMS perspective, from your leadership approach perspective, sort of how you buy, how you service the client, how you engineer solutions for them, then I think you'll be successful long term. And then I think it we can't ignore the fact that you you, you got to help them understand that their costs are better and they save costs by doing this versus the next best option. And so I think if you do those four things. Manage costs well for them, show that it's reduced costs or smarter cost spend, give flexibility, give them the ability to be less reliant on carbon emissions to handle their supply chain, and then be able to scale it up and add capacity. I think there isn't a, if we do that well, I'll just say that, if we do that well in the supply chain, you will be the successful one. You will be the winner. You know, I love those four points. I mean, I think you know, your fourth one was, you know, cost, and I think that's always the the the, the leading one, right? You know, because you know, in the transportation industry, so many so many folks are in companies are so hyper focused on cost reduction, cost management, and so forth. But I think the the leaders are going to be the ones that look beyond cost and look into those three things that you talk, the additional things you talked about in terms of flexibility, in terms of scalability, in terms of uh, providing you know uh, additional capacity and so forth. So so I like the fact that you know it's not just about cost; it's about you know, these other things that you, you know, highlighted in, in your response there. Um, so, so, you know, we could probably go on for, for hours talking about intermodal. I'm sure, you know, it's obviously a topic that's, uh, you know, you're very passionate about and, and uh, 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 w- would like to uh, uh, see more shippers, you know, take advantage of. And I think, I think they, they will because of all the things that we've talked about today, but maybe as a way to wrap up, I mean, what actions should shippers take to get started with intermodal or if they're already, you know, using it to improve their performance in this area. Yeah, I think it's it's intermodal will be a solution to a question. It won't be the solution for everything. And so I think it's the the types of questions that we ask as leaders inside of organizations. You know, how am I reducing my reliance on empty miles? How am I reducing my reliance on carbon? How am I reducing my reliance on expansion in truck driver capacity over the next 10 years 
versus my reliance on ways to mitigate my need for more truckers to come to this market. Then over the years, they haven't shown that they're willing to to join as in, in abundance like they were in the past. They've got other options. Um, it's the types of questions you will ask. How do I guarantee that I have more optionality in my supply chain? I think it's through answering those questions that their organizations will show them and really lead them to, you know, Intermodal is one of those solutions. You know, I think there's a technology piece of this. You asked about TMS system, TMS, and that's critical. You, you have to have TMS that give you breath, give you agility, and help create that flexibility and optionality that I talked about. That's part of the solution. I think you'll have to, as we said before, I mean, I can't go into any uh, CEO's office and not walk out expecting that I need to help she or he understand how their costs are, are better after I leave and how that they have more resilience and all those things, but cost has to be part of it. But I would, I would encourage people to ask those questions about their supply chain. You know, we've, we've learned over the last couple of years that we may as leaders want to ask about the what ifs because the what ifs might actually happen. And so as we think about what those what ifs are in the future, I think we can't understand what that exact what if might be. But if we ask questions like no matter what that what if is, how do I future-proof myself by having resilience, capacity, less reliance on carbon, less reliance on people going to a field to work that they typically haven't, uh, or la over the last you know 10 years, haven't driven themselves to, no pun intended, uh, to, to work in, and we don't expect them to do that going into the future. So how do I become less reliant on, it's that metric, how many trucks per ton did my business use to get from point A to point B. And if the number isn't answered, that's a question. If the number's more than it used to be, then I would challenge every other leader to ask, well, what about intermodal? Because it's an easy button, in my opinion. I'm biased, but in my opinion, to uh, accomplish that. I've seen the leaders at all the railroads commit capital, commit strategic resources to growing intermodal. I've seen leaders inside of you know Uber Freight you know, and decide, you know, this is our opportunity to help our shippers, our customers expand their opportunity to be res res resilient long term. And so those the, how we get started that way is through the questions that we have, ask. Yeah. And all, all those questions, the ones you just brought up and the ones you brought up earlier uh, in our conversation, I think are all great ways to get the conversation started within, you know, uh, uh, executive teams within, you know, within companies to really, you know, put the spotlight on intermodal mm -hmm. and, and look at it as a, um, you know, a valuable option as part of their overall transportation operations, you know, moving mm -hmm. forward. Well, uh, DeAndre, we, we, we covered a lot of ground today. You provided some great insights and advice on, on Intermodal. And um, again, thank you for making the time to be with us today to, uh, again, shed light on this topic. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, always welcome it. Thank you for being interested in it. You know, I, I think we can actually change the world in a lot of ways. I think we can drive structural efficient change into a space that I think can use it. And I'm looking forward to being part of it. Great. I, and I agree. And I, th I think, you know, having these conversations and helping to educate the market is part of, you know, part of that process and part of, you know, why, what talking logistics is all about. So again, thank you for, you know, for making the time. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Uber Freight website or on talking logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for DeAndre, uh, feel free to post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.